Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four of the Curious Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Plotsky, here with my co-host, uh, Trevor Mitchell-Wyatt. Um, so, some news out of we base- have baseball news. We have baseball news. Uh, <laughs> as Jeff Passan, or is it passing or passing? is it okay because i know i've heard audio of him being like no it is this way but i uh, posted a a story on espn real real early either today or yesterday it was at like 3 30 in the morning um i just remember like i was awake for some reason and same uh yeah jeff passan it was today at 3 30 in the morning um, and he, we had baseball news. Uh, the uh, MLB and the MLB Players Association uh, are trying to trying to get their crap together. Uh, they know the season's going to be short, and they're trying to figure out what they want to do with it. Yeah, I mean, so let's. Uh, so I think what we were going to do just like, go over like the main talking points that they had listed, essentially just like one by one, and kind of go down the list. Or how do you want to? Yeah, yeah, that right. works. Um, right. Obviously, the big news is you know the people are the people are wondering when the season's going to start. Um, most people thought it would be somewhere around June. Um, this talk made it somewhere really close to July. In fact, it was probably right around the time of the All Star Game in LA, um, and so that raises questions. Um, if they start in late June or early July and there's, you know, a couple weeks before the All-Star game, what are they going to do? I mean, Mike Trout and company. I mean, that's all that matters. As long as Mike Trout's there, I think that's all that matters. Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer. uh, Just like the first first ballot All-Star. Like the guys you know should be there and... As long as they're there, that's fine with me. I think I, I've I've seen a couple interesting theories floating around. I've thought of some myself. The first one that I thought of was an idea that's been floating around for a long time, and that's uh, all MLB teams, which aren't really a, a thing, at least not like they are like in the NBA, which is huge. You have like a, a first team of you know five players, yeah. three three front court, two back court, and then a second team and a third team. You have two all rookie teams, a couple all defensive teams. I think an idea like that would be amazing for baseball. If we don't get to do an all star game this year, I would love to see, you know, eight players, uh nine in the American League, uh, you know, all position players in the DH in the American League, maybe three pitchers and three starting pitchers and a closer or something like that yeah i think they uh and they did that at the end of last year too where they did like the all mlb team so i think i think that's their like attempt and try and get maybe a little bit more um objectivity into like who's a good player (laughs) other than fan votes streamline process of it because fans cannot vote on that stuff because fans are morons no i think Write-in is write. Write-ins are fine. Like write-ins for um, the final vote player, all for it. But like the actual starting lineup, I just n- th- no. Like there's just it's so there's always like two guys that it's like why why are you there? You should not be there, and it's infuriating. Like what was it? Twenty sixteen well, after the Royals won like the World there are Series. Guys that should be there that just aren't. Oh, it's not necessarily like it. You know all the players in the major league baseball that I've ever seen except for one Tommy Field uh, who was a second baseman for the Rangers for I don't know four days um were were very good great even you know elite baseball players because I mean that's their job like this is what they've done their entire life nobody who makes it to the major leagues except for Tommy Field is a bad baseball player (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, there's, um, there's a, sorry to sorry to call you out, Tommy. But there's but a there's a couple. I feel like there's a couple. There's um, a couple guys that just shouldn't be there. I mean, uh, Billy Hamilton I feel like for even one. If they're bad at the major league level, Triple A and Double A and Single A, they would excel. Like Rusne Castillo, who is by far one of the greatest Triple A baseball players of all time for the Boston Red Sox. Great investment. 
<laughs> not an MLB caliber player. Uh, I mean, he probably could be. I mean, he's blocked that, by know, Devers. That's the problem. Long, that was the problem before. I mean, he was good, but they couldn't call him up because Devers was like a six-win player. You had Mookie and right. I mean, th- there was no room for him. You had him Mookie, you had Benintendi, even Jackie Bradley Jr., who's not a great offensive player, is... Neither has been attending, actually. Four or five defensive glove in the major leagues right now. Yeah. All right. Back to the All right. Back to the schedule. All right. We're going <laughs> to... Our our tangent meter is just... It, it goes flying. It I mean, is hey, off the chart. we have baseball news. Yes, we have baseball news. It, we we're get to excited. it in some parts. We've in been waiting tangents. two weeks for something to be said about this. Um, so games are still supposed to be played in spring training right now. Oh God, I have tic- I have tickets and like, well, I had had tickets. <laughs> had tickets. Was it April third or something? First row, right behind the home bullpen in Minnesota, like end seats, like just perfect, perfect seats. Get to see the whole view, get to see the bullpen right there, and just like end seats. So nobody's walking across me like I can spread my legs and just like lean back and have a good time. And now, and there were 32 bucks a piece. I was so psyched. I was like two people to get into a game for 60. No, it was uh, Target Field. Really? Okay. Yeah. It was against the A's, so I was hoping I'd see. I, I, I don't know. Is Target Field, yeah, Target Field's Cleveland, right? No, 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 that's Minnesota. Or is it Minnesota? It's Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. That's progressive. Pro- progressive is uh, Cleveland. Yeah, that's right. Um, I almost bought Detroit Tigers season tickets this year um, because <laughs> when I was looking, did did I tell you this? Did I tell you how much Detroit Tigers season tickets are? Um, I'm guessing laughably low, but please. One hundred eighty dollars. Where for where? Standing room only. Every single home game. $180. That's barely over 2 bucks a game. That's that's less than $2 a game. Well, 81. Or, well, yeah, no, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's barely over 2 bucks a game. Plus, I think it comes with like parking perks and you get to go to the park early if there oh, if there dang. are no seats. Apparently, it's really like I mean, it's a Tigers game. Right. Um, I mean, it only means so much, but if, if there if there are seats available, apparently if you show them that you're a season ticket holder, they're just kind of like, all right, whatever, just go through. And there will but, be seats available. You know, there. <laughs> yes, there are definitely seats available. I mean, who do the Tigers have now? Miguel Cabrera, obviously. Yeah, um, he's Nico Goodrum. Uh, excuse me, 2020 Diamond <laughs> Diamond Dynasty <laughs> legend Nico Goodrum. Um, Plays every position except catcher he, Nico Goodrum. <laughs> He no, he was my starting guy for up until I think yesterday, and then I finally, I got Paul DeYoung, on like a random like reveal, and I was like, all right, I'll take it. My I team have not terrible. played much Diamond Dynasty. I have played a lot of Road to the Show, and I have tried my 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 darndest to uh, to make the Orioles great again. Um, <laughs> I it's to me, I there's so many issues. At least in last year's game, if you played through half of the year, you might be able to trade Chris Davis's contract, which, you know, you're not going to get much money back, but you could trade him for somebody maybe equally as horrible but doesn't have as bad a a contract. Did they fix the trading? Because, like, before it was like... Yeah, they fixed the trading, and you can't trade Chris Davis ever now. It just doesn't happen. Well, that's good, because before it was like, oh, there's Chris Davis, but, hmm, maybe stir the pot a little bit more, and then, like, you add in, like, an overall, like, 60. No, I tried tried my best. I couldn't do anything with that. I even put in, like, John Means just for the the giggles and, like, nothing. You're not going to get anything for Chris Davis. Well, I mean, Orioles opening day starter, John Means. I I mean, mean, don't disrespect. that's right. Orioles opening day starter Chris Davis. That is also true. That is fair. <laughs> All right, shit. Okay, so <laughs> next, the three, next point. the three. Next okay, point. the three main points. Uh, so like we'll go into further detail, but I'm just gonna list them as the article does. So 
a deal with the MLB Players Association that would advance a portion of players' salaries and cover a wide swath of labor-related issues, uh, receiving assurances from teams that non-player employees will receive paychecks through at least April with cost-cutting measures a possibility come May. Um, I that, that sentence frustrates me, but I'll continue. Uh, three, delivering payments to minor league players, most of whom have not received a paycheck since the end of last season, early September, and obviously wrapped up in all that is, okay, when will the season start? So... Um, see, like, going on, so the first, so the first sub point, I guess, is a later start to the season than June, um, and then the next one is games, how many games will be played without, uh, with the, what I like to call the Baltimore special, um, no fans. <laughs> the Baltimore riot special. Oh, golly, that, if you, if you're listening to this right now, and you have never listened to the calls from that game. Um, <laughs> Adam Jones hits the son of a gun to center field. Yeah, the, 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 the golf, the golf, calls, yeah. the golf call is. I, but it's I, I love listening to that game, though, because hearing the sheer pop of the glove or, like, just or the, the crack of the bat, or... like, it is... So freaking loud! Like, was it Manny Machado who hit the double to center I think or something? It was like... Manny Machado. Yeah. yeah. Somebody hit a home run on the Orioles because all I remember is hearing that, and you just hear silence and just. Yeah, and they were like throwing, bases. throwing baseballs to imaginary fans. Like, but just like hearing the the crack is just like with nothing to block it out. It's so loud. Because it's just power versus power, like 95 versus like 80 mile an hour bat speed. I, I don't know if it's that high. I don't know how off it's the top of my head. It's higher if it's a home run. I don't know how. You know, I, I don't know what like major league bat. I don't know what major league bat speed is off the top of my head. I think it's like. No. I think it's high. All I can think of is below, which is on a home run usually way higher than 80 miles per hour. Oh, I'm talking about like bat speed though. Yeah. Like um, barrel speed. I mean. You're gonna have you're gonna have people swinging definitely above seventy miles per hour. Oh yeah, I think it, I think it's low eighties is pretty dang good. Um, but yeah, ball hit at like one hundred and ten miles an hour with an empty stadium is just man. It makes every single player on that team sound like Bryce Harper in the in the home run derby he was in when he was like seventeen years old. That was insane. <laughs> Hitting five hundred seventy foot wood bat bombs. <sighs> it's, it's so how does he not okay again a tangent i apologize but how does that how do guys do that when they're that young like i saw a 12 year old with a wooden bat hit one out of miami was like, that al because al hit stingers no <laughs> it was not al it wasn't 12 year old. it was a 14 year old they were doing a home run derby they were just lasering balls over the wall it, but like then you takes, see it take i mean i had a friend uh, eric who is now a, a tennis player uh for rice university really cool dude um he was a switch hitter and his tennis training you know it's one of the reasons i got into tennis because he could rake from both sides of the bat he was one of the only kids we had a when i was in little league we called it the reverse green monster because we had probably a 20-foot wall in right field on our little league stadium and he was one of the only kids that could hit it over that wall because one he was one of the only kids that could hit left-handed and two like it just some kids just have that stroke um he's now i think he was an all cusa conference tennis player he was ranked nationally for a little bit i'm sure he's just a really decent dude too but you know there's there's training obviously uh his his parents definitely had the means to to get him help in tennis, and I'm sure that helped him with his 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 baseball game. But I mean, it's it's from a pitcher standpoint too. The, you see these 14, 15 year olds that can throw at 85, 90 miles an hour. There are some major league baseball players that can't throw it that fast. Alex Claudio. Yeah, I feel like that's probably. I mean, yeah, it can, but that's probably more due to the fact that, like, is just his motion is just so. I mean, it's submarine essentially, but it's just yeah. it's and it's not it's like a low sidearm. It's so weird 
and I he's, he's left-handed. He's deceptive. He's got great movement on the ball when he has movement on the ball, or when um, he isn't facing right-handers, which is I don't know. Like I honestly don't know why the Brewers resigned him with the three batter rule. Like yeah, what are you, what are you gonna do? Really he can't face righties. So like what are you gonna do? I don't know. But mainly my point is that it's disappoint. Like, as as weird as it is to say, I'm just gonna say it, it's disappointing to see Bryce Harper at like 15 just yank 550 <laughs> foot baseballs, and now when he's in the home run derby, it's like 460, and you're like, where where's that power? Like, come on! Like, were the bats juice? Was the ball juice? Was like, was it cork in the bat? Like, I, yeah, I think he might have been in either Denver, Denver or Mexico City for that. Or like Nevada, someplace really high. There was one. Well, there was one derby that was in Tampa Bay at the at Tropicana, but I think he had a metal bat for that one. I think he had a metal bat for that one, and that's indoors. Yeah, he did have a metal bat for that one. Um, Still, oh. But next point. Yeah. Um, next. You know, um, we've got a later later start, probably late June, early July. Um, we don't know how many games are going to be played without a fan, without as many fans and. One other thing they're talking about is having games at quote-unquote neutral sites, um, which would basically mean extended spring training, you know, visits, not necessarily for spring training, but to play regular season games in spring training facilities. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, I've been to a lot. I've been to probably 15 or 16 spring training facilities. Some of them are better than others. Um, I have not yet to see the new version of the Milwaukee Brewers Park, but I've heard that it's really yeah, I've heard good. it's really nice. Um, we went when it was not renovated, and um, I saw some good baseball. Uh, <laughs> the park was not the greatest. Um, I do have to give shout out to, uh, to, to the team and to the staff because they were incredible, but the ballpark definitely needed some updating, which they got. The question now is, are all of those spring training parks suitable for Major League Baseball standards? Yeah, and now I, I don't think that matters as much if there's no fans there, but if there are, like me personally, I, I actually really enjoy the atmosphere of a spring training game. I, I do too. I, yeah. I don't like stadiums with 30, I mean, again, that's probably just like my social anxiety and like not liking people coming in but like i just spring training i i think i went what did i go like to i've been to like four games um because i've been to a tampa yankees game um or not tampa yankees but their spring training facility um Mm -hmm. and i was in clearwater at the philly spring training facility um but like it's just so nice because it's just it's just warm like everybody's relaxed like there's it's just it's just a nice environment and like you can still hear yourself and it's just my yeah. my favorite thing about spring training is that you can actually interact with players in spring training oh for sure and and i i mean i'm gonna be honest a lot of people don't like this but i when i go to a baseball game i like to try and catch as many baseballs as i can um it's called ball hawking people definitely know what it is people definitely love it or they most definitely hate it I have caught 144 baseballs. And that's a lot. <laughs> people say, you know, oh, that's you're, you're stealing balls away from kids, whatever. I, my first spring training game I ever went to, I caught 12 baseballs. That was at the that was Maryvale at the Milwaukee Brewers Stadium. Um, it was, you know, three days before spring break started for kids, so I got there, you know, on on a Thursday before spring break at the beginning of the season and uh nobody was there and so all i was doing was catching i guess ryan braun was working on his oppo hitting i caught like six ryan braun dingers to oppo and for like the first 30 to 45 minutes i was the only fan in the right field stance i was the only person there same with you know the next day i caught a jackie bradley jr home run nobody was next to me like within the next four sections and so in situations like that 
you know, you, you, it can help for people with sensory issues or people with social anxiety who don't like being around people um, to, to be able to go to a baseball game. Um, it's it's a great opportunity to meet players. I mean, I got uh, three Brewers legends. Uh, sign my hat, uh, Jet Bandy, mm. uh, Keon Broxton. Oh yeah, and uh, and uh, Josh Hader. We're not going to talk about him, but <laughs> um, you know, I got Ryan Braun sign a baseball for me. Um, just everybody at that facility was super nice, and that was everywhere at spring training. I went to go see the White Sox, um, and it was the same thing. I, I won a jersey for guessing how fast I was going to uh, pitch a pitch. Solid uh, 64 miles per hour. Um, Solid. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I got, a, I got like a, you know, a little cheap Chinese-made jersey, and seven White Sox players signed it that day. Like... You don't. You can't go to a regular season game and have that happen to you. Right. Um, spring training. I very much like spring training. Uh, I think it's a wonderful opportunity for people who also don't live in uh, baseball cities to go see baseball games. Yeah. Um, yeah. So spring training. Speaking of spring training, I promise I've been segueing to this. They are thinking about bringing up spring training. Um, bringing back spring training when the start of the season happens it will not be a month and a half long it would probably be a couple weeks at most and then uh, teams are thinking about carrying three or four extra pitchers throughout maybe the first couple months of the season or just expanding rosters for the year and having three or four extra pitchers which i think yeah which is which is huge but i think it's i think that's definitely something that should be done anyway just because this has just been so strange and there's no timeline. So essentially guys are in limbo. Like they've had to reset their off season. So, and then all of a sudden, like if you're like midway through your throwing progression, all of a sudden, Oh, Hey, by the way, spring training's in a week. You're like, I'm not ready. Like somebody might be not ready for it. And so I think it should, there should just be allowed three or four extra pitchers just Otherwise, I just think a lot of guys are going to get hurt because you're going to end up overworking people. Like overworking or just like not realizing where somebody is and they're on-ramping and and it's going to end up with a lot of guys because especially with any athlete like it's that it's that bulldog mentality of like, "Oh, I'm just going to do it. I'll be fine." And then bad things happen. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you have that serious risk for injury. Uh, now the important stuff for the MLB, at least the money problems that come with uh, that come with with a shortened season. Um, it starts with the the draft, which is a day before my birthday, or at least scheduled to be uh, June tenth. Um, if they if they don't have games by that point in time, most baseball games in high school and college seasons are already canceled. What's that? What's the NCAA going to do? Are they going to restore a year of uh, of eligibility to some of these players? They did. Or, they did do that for D one athletes. I'm not sure about anything else, but yeah, obviously it's. But are those players going to come back and play? Um, with the chance of you know maybe being a higher draft pick because uh, scouts aren't necessarily able to to go look at people. Uh, most most scouts, if not all scouts, have been pulled already. Um, obviously, this applies to um, international athletes too. In the beginning of July, signing international amateur athletes, um, it could cause problems with uh, you know literally hundreds of millions of dollars that are spent on amateur athletes. Yeah, I mean. It's it'll be interesting to see when the draft happens if there's if there's going to be a shift towards more raw tools because essentially what you have with juniors and seniors is you have their seasons cut short so you don't really know like oh did they like were they refined like did they do something new like you don't know what they could do against competition so I think it's going to be an interesting shift to see 
it go from, I guess, you know, first round draft picks. So usually it's like, if it's a pitcher, it's like a right hander out of college. That, yes. Kumar that, Rocker, who is, you know, yeah. considered probably a top three draft pick this year. It was, um, is he, is he in the draft this year? Or is it next year? He was supposed to be. Hmm. Yeah. 2021. Yeah. 2021 next year. Sorry. Um, but it'll be the same thing. Is he going to, you know, obviously this would have been his last year to play. Is he going to go back and play college baseball for one more season with the idea of being a top three draft pick right there? Are they going to uh, force college athletes to go back and play another year, especially if they graduated? That'll. It's just an interesting topic. Um, it's a hard topic because nothing like this has ever happened before, at least not with this this kind of new um, abbreviated draft that happens in, you know, four or five days, I think. Uh, you have people that may not have been drafted going in the 20th, 30th, 40th round now because they've got nobody else. Yeah. I mean, and the, the problem with COVID-19 and it's it's just that we don't know if it's because it could come back like this could be it it could be something like the flu where it's just it's seasonal and we don't know and what if that coincides with the time baseball is going to start every year what if next year this time comes around and they still if they still don't have a vaccine uh this is this is it's unprecedented and it's because of just the scope of what it could all mean because if this comes back in a in a year then we have the same issue and then all of a sudden baseball has shifted from 100 like for two years in a row could shift to like a 90 120 game season yeah season and the impact that has on college athletes high school athletes like what it could lead to more of a draft combine which uh that would be interesting. I That's would, interesting I would idea. definitely, if I would pay to see that. I, I actually would. I'm, I don't, I'm not a fan of the NFL draft combine, it's just because I'm, I'm not a big football guy. Like, I, I don't know. To see someone like run a forty that like you know is gonna be slow or gonna be fast already, it's like it's John not. John Ross, John, I saw John Ross's forty on TV and I was stunned when I saw that. I don't know who that is. Um, he, I'm pretty sure he plays for the Bengals. I think. Don't, don't quote me. Um, but he ran like a four one eight forty. Okay, yeah, that's that's insane. <laughs> that's insane. And I remember because uh, I, I think it was either I think it was Adidas or Under Armour or something like that had offered money to somebody who wore their shoes and broke the forty record. And he broke the forty record, and people are like, "Well, why didn't you wear their shoes?" And he goes, "If I was wearing their shoes, I probably wouldn't have broken the forty record." <laughs> and you know just subtle that was a couple years ago but i still remember that um i feel like and i'm not invested i'm like you i'm not really invested in the nfl at all i like i like football um obviously i have some major problems with the way it's played but you know i would love to see an mlb combine like i mean they they kind of do one in mlb the show even something simple like that would be cool you know seeing somebody go up get 10 15 pitches hit 14 home runs yeah oh is that just me playing on beginner difficulty <laughs> well <laughs> see now see, so it's, it's just such an interesting thought experiment because like now what would we look at so now that we have edgertronic and rapsodos like like the guys it, it would be interesting to see if the guys with um high spin efficiency fastballs will most likely be the most desired Not even just fastballs people with you know top one or two percent spin rate on their on their breaking balls um people who have, i mean the reason that rocker is so if, is such a good pitcher even at the college level is because he does have that really high efficiency spin rate on his fastball but he also has really really nasty breaking stuff that could spin it way faster than i could ever imagine throwing a baseball Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're right. Is it? Are they going to look at raw, intangible numbers more than they are season statistics? And would that bring a shift to kind of, you know, 
uh, it, it could be good for some players. It could be bad for some players. I had a I had a friend get drafted in the 40th round last year by the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, Luis Trevino. He and I went to college together. I covered his. Uh, he was a JUCO star, broke Brock Holt's batting average record at his at his uh, junior college. Uh, second team All American behind uh, Orioles legend Adley Rutschman, and uh, he went in the 40th round. Uh, he's, he's 22 years old, I think. Without that season, he doesn't get seen by scouts. Yeah. He doesn't, I mean, he's played some, you know, collegiate summer ball up in somewhere. He's, he's you know, played other places. He's, he's obviously gotten his name out there to some scouts. But without that season, a lot of scouts don't see that name and don't put him on the board maybe necessarily in the 40th round and he signs somewhere undrafted and makes a lot less money yeah and it hurts smaller i guess like uh mid-major baseball players who don't necessarily get a lot of tv recognition so if you're not playing for vanderbilt you're, you're not playing for the university of texas you're not playing for florida uh, not playing for a big baseball school, you might not get seen. Yeah. And it can hurt. It can hurt your chances of going pro. It can hurt your chances of making money. Um, and Luis is a really good dude. He's a really good baseball player. He's a catcher. I mean, I'm, that's already hard to do at an elite level. And if he wasn't, if he didn't have that, you know, he he had a good season the year before. If he didn't have that breakout season. He probably wouldn't be in the major leagues right now because nobody would have seen him. And so, what's this going to do? This is really going to disproportionately. I mean, it's how it always is. It's going to disproportionately affect athletes at smaller schools because they might not get seen. Right. And it will be. It'll be interesting. And then when that happens, if it coincides with the opening day, whenever the season happens, I mean, it just it has. A lot of different implications. I mean, and <clears throat> so going on to the, I think going on to the next point where it's, um, again, talking about games with no fans, um, but also at neutral sites, uh, because of COVID-19 and being more prevalent in certain, uh, certain cities and metropolitan areas to Phoenix now shift games. Phoenix and Florida. Yeah. huge hotspots. Yeah, I mean, what? like w- right i mean which with like where to go and then how do you work that in with scheduling and travel because then you have to determine which sites are neutral and then from there what if a site stops be- like what if it isn't neutral anymore like what if that shifts during the season like what if something takes a turn and gets worse somewhere like what how do you how do you adjust uh and so I guess you'd have to like kind of predetermine okay like in domes probably um so you're looking at you know texas uh tampa bay tampa bay i mean milwaukee has a dome yeah but would you want to with them with them and with them in toronto would you want to go like if you're already down south where it's warmer if you're going to play at neutral sites you probably want it to be warmer anyway just because that makes it easier for everyone and then do you really want to go that far north just to come back all the way down uh so that, that implicates double headers too you know are you gonna play if you do want to play in a hot area like texas texas is hot in the summer i remember going to, to baseball parks in the, the i went to the ballpark in arlington globe like go life park ameriquest field whatever they called it at the time um it got like to 110, 115, even 120 degrees on that baseball field at some points. No, like, the new stadium has the roof though. Both yeah, and then on both stadiums have the roof. Even, I mean, people still feel stuff in roofs. Oh people yeah, for sure. It's going to be sweltering, and that's going to be if you're going to. I mean, if you're going to keep that at a like a toasty 78 degrees. Uh, that's going to be a lot of electricity. Um, and then you get into, can the city infrastructure handle that? Um, obviously, you know, they've got something worked out, but could they handle it being 
set at 72 or 78 or something something neutral like that for nine hours 10 hours a day all right i mean even longer with a double header right with the double header and now another solution was also with that was shortening them to two seven inning games which would then Mm -hmm. you know shorten the time but the problem is i don't like that i'm not a huge yeah i (laughs) just playing two so being a college athlete and having to play two seven inning games is just especially the bullpen guy it's it's so it's just brutal like because you're scheduling it's because it's not just one game you you are there regardless for more than nine innings and like that that drains you especially in the heat it just drains you and then talking about that and then i guess the big factor with that is deciding okay like how many games do they want to play do they want to try and play 100 do you want to just keep it at 81 because if say july is the start date like july 1st boom everyone's we're fine we're playing you could play a half a season a half a season roughly so do you just want to keep the regular schedule through half the year and just say screw it because i honestly to me i i prefer that um that that would be it's a good idea um i think it would uh make it i mean i i disagree with my dad on this my dad says you know some games you can lose some games you can afford to lose i'm under the impression that every single baseball game matters in some way or another even if you lose it impacts your pitchers it impacts the hitters it impacts your bench every single game that you play matters from from a standpoint and if you're openly giving up those games then then you know I, I don't understand why you're playing baseball that day. But with an 81-game season, every game matters. Yeah. Because that is significantly shorter. You're going to have a lot of 50-win teams. You're going to have a lot of 60-win teams probably. Maybe not a lot, but a couple 60-win teams. And then you are going to have 17 to 18 teams who win 40 games a season. Yeah. And then you're going to have Miami and Baltimore. See, uh, there was, so I was listening to the Fangraphs podcast, and they were talking about how Miami's <laughs> playoff odds went from, like, I think it was, like, 1.9 to, like, around, it was, like, 10.9 or something. And like, 10.9% if they were to play, I think, half a season or something. And I just thought that would, how incredible would that it's be? A, it's a scientific... Um, I remember listening to a TED Talk a while ago. I think it was a TED Talk, and he's like, if you want to win a sporting event, if you'd like, you're playing one-on-one against LeBron James, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have a chance in winning, right? Or do you? What's your best chance to win that game? Play to one point. Play to one, you start with the ball. Because you got to, I mean, you don't really have a 50-50 shot of making it, obviously. But, like, you've got one shot. You can make it, or you cannot, and then LeBron James dunks on you. Um, that's kind of, I mean, smaller smaller franchises will definitely benefit from this, unless they're trying to do a 2010 to 2016 Houston Astros and just absolutely tank, because... I don't see how... Uh, I, don't... I, I don't think anybody can do that this season. No, because you're not... You don't, <laughs> you don't have the luxury of, of sucking for 162 games. No, you won't. You're you, gonna you're gonna win some games. You're gonna win. Every team is probably gonna win at least 20 to 25 games. Now, I mean, that just, doesn't just, sound like a lot, but I mean, it's better than, in my opinion, winning 25 out of 81 games sounds a lot better than winning 55 out of 162 games. I don't know if the percentage is better off the top of my head, but you know. You played a shortened season, and you won 25 games. Good for you. You're probably still going to get the first pick in the draft, but good for you. You won games, and you won games that people went to. That's the other thing. I think once attendance comes back, attendance is going to be driven up significantly at games. Oh, definitely. I mean, because, uh, I mean, even right now, I mean, if the quarantine lifts tomorrow, I, uh, I don't know if I'd get out tomorrow. 
But I think the I, first probably 15 or 20 games for each, each baseball team, every baseball team would be sold out. Yeah, if it, if it is, if attendance is allowed, and if it's most, if COVID-19 is mostly under control, I yeah. think. Because now social distancing has become kind of, it's come widely accepted, so... It's mandatory in some places. Right, and so now I guess the counter to that would be, would that become, is that so ingrained now where it's like people would, even if the the ban is lifted and everything's under control, would people be so willing to just go say, oh, hey, everything's good now, like, you, let's go to a game. So you know it, who this really, really helps? Who? Young fans. No. And I understand that COVID-19 is a serious a serious problem to young people too but it is predominantly affecting older people it is predominantly affecting people 65 and up and with immunocompromised systems that that isn't to say that those people are not important but if if they can't go to baseball games i assume a lot of people that can afford to go to a baseball game every day are probably older than mm. 40 years old yeah if they 100%. can't go to baseball games, that really opens up opportunities for, for baseball teams to lower ticket prices and invite teenagers or young adults or even people in their 30s and 40s to come see a baseball game that they might not have been able to go see before yeah. without having to use SeatGeek or StubHub or Ticketmaster <laughs> or insert secondary market seller here. Yeah. I this is just a pipe dream obviously because but uh, i have a dream right now where the season starts everything's fine everything's passed fans are allowed in and then ticket prices are lower just to get people encouraged and then the stadiums fill up because because ticket prices are lower and then mlb looks at that and says wow ticket prices should be lower and more people will come it's like it's like magic. It's like, what if we don't charge $70 for a horseshit seat and $16 for a single beer? More people will show up, but it's like that wouldn't happen. In the older MLB The Shows, I remember you used to be able to change your concession prices. And if you lowered your tickets, even by like $20, when I was playing an absolutely god-awful team, if I made my tickets, you know that were supposed to be like $40, $20 instead, that entire section filled up. And so, I mean, obviously it's supply and demand. Not every team is going to do that because not every team wants to do that. Um, right. But I, every team should though. I mean, it, that, that's, that's more of a, that's more of a morality or philosophical. I don't know what that is, but it's more teams definitely should. It, I, it, it, I agree. Um, especially because, I mean, they're getting so much money from TV deals nowadays. Yeah. I mean, Most 30%, 30, only, money. only 30%, yeah. it, it's, I mean, it says right here in, um, McDaniels and, uh, Passan's article, 30% of revenue comes from gate receipts. Three that's a lot, like, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, um, but... But it's not, yeah. That's no, it's not, not as much as TV deals. It's not as much as merch or, f or concessions or anything like that. So it's just, like, get, if you want that to go up, just, like, allow people... Like, I would love to go to games. I, mm -hmm. like, but with the exception of those tickets that we just found, like, it's not possible, like, where it's we're at right now. It's impossible, because, like, oh, I... Oh, I even if I get cheap, uh, cheap tickets, like, oh shoot, like we didn't go out, like we didn't you know, like bring something to eat or didn't go out to eat before. Well, now I'm kind of hungry. You go to this you concession the stand, thirty dollars at the concession stand. What for two things? And it's like, what the hell? And it's it, it's really they wanna they wanna get more youth in the game and they and they want more younger fans to come, but they're they're failing to realize that. And again, maybe it's because. Uh, MLB owners are in MLB ownership and typical fans are usually older white males that's just that's just how it is and so and with and that are more wealthy like baseball is is a sport that has a high barrier of entry so maybe there's just a misunderstanding in what they think young people can afford but like because they cannot afford to go to a baseball game no like young people can't because like it's it, it's just not it's 
And Do here's it, the thing. It's they not could, set up for that. I remember in my lifetime when my parents could afford to take me to a Texas Rangers game. Yeah. I remember going to probably five or six games. Well, also, my parents were not fans of hugely great teams at that time. I mean, the Rangers had, you know, in, in 99, 2000, 2001, they went to the playoffs, but, you know, no super extended runs. Um, my mom grew up a Cubs fan in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And uh, for you young people listening right now, the Cubs were god-awful. People went to Wrigley Field to get drunk and listen to Harry Carey sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. That was it. I mean, I, I mean, it's not Harry Carey uh, rip, but it, it's definitely still the same now. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the, the Cubs won. The Cubs won a World Series. Ticket prices shot up. Like, within, I don't know, six months of them making the playoffs, they increased ticket prices by, like, 45%. Yeah. And that's what happens. I mean, part of it's uh, wanting to increase revenue, and part of it is teams winning, and so they get better, better and more people want to see them, and so they raise prices so they can get more money. When... My, I'm pretty sure my first baseball game was at Wrigley Field. I was obviously I don't remember it. I was probably a couple months old at the time. There are pictures of me as a baby in those outfield bleachers in left field, and nobody's nobody's there, except for die-hard Cubs fans or die-hard alcoholics, because it's cheaper to go get a beer at Wrigley Field than it is for a bar right next to Wrigley Field. Obviously, that's not the case anymore. But no, it is not. It, I remember those games. Uh, again, I talked about you know Texas Rangers legends that I loved watching growing up. I remember t- going down to the sideline and taking pictures with them, because or, or running around the base pass before the game started, because for an extra two bucks, my brother and I could go run the base pass before the game started. Yeah. And now it's, you know, an extra two bucks could buy you, buy you a, a side of cheese for a $46 pretzel. Uh, is it? Oh, man. Yeah, it's probably like two, more like 250 But some of those pretzels, <laughs> uh, I, I will say, the pretzels at Miller Park, they're like, they're like 750 or 8 bucks, but they're massive, mm-hmm. and then they dip them in a pot of oil, and then, oh, it's... I get half salted and half cinnamon, so you get that nice. I oh, it my is. dad and I are big pretzel fans. Since we're going to talk about baseball food, I think there should be another episode. But pretzels <laughs> are my favorite baseball food. It's so good. I I'm, um, I remember one yeah. time. So quick tangent. I was really picky as a kid, and Same. I remember the the bankers. My dad's uh, business bankers got like got box seats or whatever whatever they're called like the the sweets or sweets yeah yeah and so he brings me and my sister and looking back now i i hate my younger self i mean like i do hate my younger self but like for this instance in particular and i walked in and there was literally a grill filled with barbecue ribs steaks sausages and just like filled to the brim and what do i do i have a single pretzel and a freaking gatorade when there is a fridge full of unlimited well i mean free for us but free drinks and there's a just a smoldering rack of ribs on this ma- oh i i look back on younger Aaron and i just oh man i just it's my, it's my Base, regret. Baseball food is definitely a topic we will have to touch on. There are two more points yes. in Zahn's article that could happen. Uh, these are huge. These are probably the biggest, like, obviously they're not the most, you know, sexy things to talk about. They're not the start date. They're not spring training. They're not, you know, figuring out gate receipts and playing with empty games. This is just a simple, like, three words. It's a transaction freeze which means that teams could not sign or trade players for a year. 
and that is insane because it also affects the next point which is the arbitration system with lessened revenue from half a season with tv deals not being what they are because they didn't show as many games players salaries are gonna need to be adjusted because everybody's arbitration salary would be half of what it's supposed to be yeah and those are huge points for baseball because i mean you have players like i don't know i actually don't know who's arbitration right now but you have players like uh, Xander Bogarts, who was in arbitration and signed a massive deal. What if he was in arbitration this year and couldn't sign that deal because he he's not signing and they're, they're not allowed to trade him because of the transaction freeze and then the arbitration system gets messed up because they only played half season. It's a really, really, really interesting and potentially problematic scenario that's going to happen with players. I don't know how the players union is going to react to this. Obviously they had a talk with this and they're trying to figure it out, trying to get players more money because they should not have to suffer because of a shortened season that they did nothing with. Yeah. But it is, it is going to be very interesting to see how that change takes place at the end of the season when, or even, I mean, technically at the beginning of the season is kind of when arbitration like like winter meetings you know it's going to be interesting at the beginning of the year with only half of the year to see what goes on or see what teams are going to be able to you know kind of deal with their players that want more money yeah i mean definitely and a, a big part of that too is is service time and how that's mm-hmm. gonna work in now uh the article has mentioned that players with um would get uh, would receive their service, the amount of service time that they had the year before, and for minor leaguers that would be like Louis Robert, that would be making their big league debut. Uh, they would get prorated. Uh, it's so it's 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 a huge problem for the players' association because now now you have well, I mean, who knows with the new CBA coming up after this year. After this that's, year. that's another interesting like how is this going to affect the cba right are because what what are, what are players going to do something like this happens again right because what what's going to happen in if if the current cba structure like if that doesn't change like what's going to happen in six to seven years when you got a guy that's saying that should be in a free agency but now has got has to play another year because his his service time got prorated because of a global pandemic like how again now in in the bigger perspective like we are discussing a game within a country and that has only a select few players but the but the implications and the repercussions of all these things are just wide reaching and it it reaches far far beyond this year because what 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 happens if 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 the CBA if the player structure stays the same where you are own essentially owned by your team for the first six to seven years of your career like what (laughs) who should have won his grievance you really should have i i i don't i don't that (laughs) i'm gonna stay away from that who are obviously the best player to fill a need on 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 a team but the team holds them out for a month so is the team gonna hold that that's the other interesting thing if they get their service time from last year are teams going to bring up prospects that they wouldn't otherwise bring because they're not going to waste like they're not going to have any service time yeah i mean well i think about it like too like big guys with that are uh nate pearson um who's casey mott people i mean in the orioles organization ryan mountcastle wasn't called up and you know part of that's because he doesn't have any plate discipline whatsoever but he also has i think a year or two left before his rule five draft eligibility yeah and so would if if they didn't have to worry about him being you know given service time for sitting on a bench for most of the season would he sit on the bench for most of the season right and that could and that could be a really interesting thing too is because 
it's just it's just crazy to imagine. So a player comes up and then all of a sudden it doesn't matter like they could a minor league could come up opening day, but if they only get prorated, then they're still there seven years. There's no super two, there's no there's no nothing. It's just they're stuck. And again, that that's a discussion with the CBA, which um, would come into effect before that player would reach free agency anyway. But it's it, this is it's it's unprecedented. It's not a strike shortened season. Um, like there has been, there was what one shortened season in Penn? Mm-hmm. Was it nineteen eighteen? That short season was shortened or something like that, or was it? it was, I think that was the influenza pandemic. Yeah. In in nineteen eighteen and. I mean, times are different. <laughs> you don't have a lot of player stats back in 1918, much less what the situation was back then. But you know, it's it's really really good, especially in this day and age when technology is huge, and you know, lawyers are and agents are a big part of the game. They definitely weren't a huge part of the game back in 1918. Oh, your team owned you back then. Um, who, who like? how are players going to react to this? Because back then they would have been told, all right, games are canceled. Suck it up. You're not getting paid. Come back next year. Yeah. You can't do that to a player now. No. I am genuinely and honestly and happily surprised that they're paying minor league baseball players right now. It's, it's, because I it's thought they pittance were. though. It's, it's, it is their, what is it? It's $480. Uh, so like it's essentially their meal money for a month. That's what they're getting paid their monthly meal money, which is, it. I I'm I I am glad that they're that they're paying the minor leaguers, but it is literally bare nothing. Minimum. It it is bare minimum, and it's incredibly frustrating. I I under uh, this is I guess I don't was, understand it. No, I, I, it, I yeah, it's more of an this is. I'm not going to go into an economic rant, but it it's so ridiculous how it, how that can happen. How a, an employee that works hundred oh, like a hundred hours a week can pay. Oh, I just I don't I don't get I mean, it. That's another that's another topic for discussion is minor league and international league pay because or independent league pay because it's it's terrible. Rafael Palmero is making five thousand dollars a year playing for the Cleveland Railroaders. That's awful. I mean, he, he can he. I don't think that's a problem. Yeah, he, he can, can afford, afford to do it, but many others can't. Absolutely. And yeah, this is. Did we did we get through all the points? Oh yeah, we did. Look at that. Um, <laughs> we I did get. I, mean, I I had to bring those last two in real quick, but we did make it through all the yeah, points. We're so, uh, what, like an hour and a half. No, we're uh we're at fifty eight minutes and ten seconds. Oh, look at so that. right on time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah nice. Um. That's to kind of like wrap up with uh, yeah, like I'll conclude my thoughts on this at least. Uh, this is, it's it's unprecedented and one if anyone listening to this thinks that. It is no worse than the flu, and it doesn't affect me, so why should I care? Um, Go stop. fuck yourself. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but you did. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Go fuck yourself. Just, um, you're, te- yeah. that's terrible. Um, two, it's just, this is, this is, this is unprecedented, and its effects, we, we, we don't know. We have no idea. Will the season even be played? We still don't know, because, we're still not at the point of inflection for for this so things are going to get worse and it it depends on how fast it gets better and on top of that now there's players that have tested positive uh, minor leaguers mostly i don't think any i don't think any major i don't think any major league players have tested no i haven't seen any major league players test positive yet but otherwise we would be talking about that right now right um but it's unprecedented. We don't know how long this will last. We don't even know if there will be games this season. And then, talk, like taking in the, the legality of it, we just we the, there's so many unknowns, and it's and it sucks. 
it really sucks because again yes a global pandemic always sucks like that is a given i am not saying that baseball is just more important um than that than, the, health than global health right um but it, it it really as as a baseball fan as someone who is like genuinely excited to like cover this season for different outlets and to in different teams and to just and just watch baseball and like so many up-and-coming guys like to see jesus lazardo come up like what was he gonna do and like see everything is just being put on hold and it's sad because right now i mean what we be watching a game in like two days right something close to that um and it's just it's it really sucks and it's sad and it it's 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 not a situation like even three weeks ago i would have imagined um that that he three weeks ago two weeks ago i would have imagined um so it's i guess the like short conclusion would just be it's there's so much unknown and i guess the best thing that we can all do is just like honestly just like browse video archives like get your fill of baseball like go outside like you can still have a Listen catch you can... crash can bangs on the mlb archives no, i might do that i'm curious um all right <laughs> We're we're around the hour mark. Uh, do you? I mean, do you have any concluding thought? I like finished. I talked about. Do you have any like concluding thoughts? Um, not. You know, I I've said most of my thoughts in 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 the podcast. I'm I'm pretty happy with what I've laid out. Um, I am very happy uh, that teams are paying. I think every MLB team has agreed to pay uh, staff, non non rostered staff of stadiums, yeah. which is huge. Um, oh, totally. It, it's it's amazing. It's necessary. As somebody who was laid off because of this, I understand how hard it is for somebody who has lost their job because of this. Uh, especially in Michigan, the unemployment system is absolutely terrible. The servers are overloaded. It's not like they're not they're not built to handle something like this. And right. so, to have your employer come out and say, "Okay, we're gonna." take care of you while while we do this like i mean i don't know how much they're getting but they're getting taken care of and that's important it's it's nice to say rather than your employer going and saying all right go file for employment i guess have fun um my i think next week we'll we'll try and sprinkle in some lighter stuff i'm sure there will be more news that comes out um we didn't get to talk about the olympics this year um, which have oh, been yeah. postponed. WBC. And we're supposed to have baseball. Um, there's some Olympic news uh, that I would like to talk about. Um, nothing huge, just some players announcing that they're playing with other teams. And uh, and then I think baseball food would be a really, really good topic to kind of just get our mind off of things, especially for, I mean, I've been to so many baseball parks. I can, there is good baseball food and there is not good baseball food. Yeah, there is a clear difference. Um, yeah, as as a uh, designated eater for for Ben Hill on MILB.com for minor league baseball, uh, I feel like I'm an expert in this category. <laughs> and so, uh, Ben, buddy, uh, I hope you'll listen next week. But um, yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about news that comes up. We'll try and sprinkle in some light food stuff. But uh, we'll be back. Uh, next week ish whenever we record we kind of just uh figure this out the day or two before but we'll be here we'll talk about baseball and uh we hope you listen along with us yeah sounds good i will uh um, yeah i'll talk to you you soon trevor see ya Uh, a couple concluding notes um so noah syndergaard has decided to undergo Tommy John surgery he is joining uh, Luis Severino and wow why can't I think of the other name um well anyway Noah Syndergaard is going under it's it really sucks it's terrible he was dealing with all this discomfort uh throughout the spring didn't really know what to do um and then now with all this going on, I think a lot of guys are just really just kind of determining what's what's best. You can either prepare, you can try to get better, and then when the season comes, you, have, you might have to go under anyway. So I think it's it's really sad because it's a great pitcher um, undergoing a 
potentially uh, career-altering surgery, and it's just not... Yeah, you really hate to see it. You really do. It's a shame. Um, and yeah, um, that'll conclude this week's or this day's episode. I don't know um, how often we record. Yeah, so much stuff at home, but um, appreciate you all listening. And, uh, Catch you next time. Send that boy to the stars, now he talking solar. And I feel like Chris Paul with the floater. Ain't believe I had the sauce, yeah, I had to show up. I remember when I went on LinkedIn, they ain't wanna show up. Funny how they hit my jet, see a nigga blowing up. Hit my phone, say you popular.